subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett are with you again. We are excited to be with you today. As always, we had such a good time doing this. All right. So as we jump into the episode today, if you want to learn more about everything Matt and I are talking about, where this came from, what it's about, how to learn more, go to ninjaselling.com. There you can learn about all upcoming events. You can learn about the coaching program that Matt and I spend the most majority of our time and day in. And then you can also, again, join us on the Facebook group, which a lot of you are already a part of, but we have a great Facebook group, The Ninja Selling Podcast. And uh, in there, you can meet a whole bunch of like-minded people that all also listen to the podcast. And uh, and if you have questions, I uh, came up to me the other day, somebody said, you know, I, I wish we could ask Matt and Garrett more questions about the uh, podcast or the episodes. That's your spot to do it. Go in there. You can throw a question in, tag Matt, tag Garrett. And uh, guess what? We will respond. We will pay attention. Particularly, we post a link to the episodes in the group each day that they're released. Hopefully, the day that released depends on uh, if I get it in there on that day. Not, but you can use the comments below that episode if you got specific questions on an episode. It's a great way to to ask questions about it because maybe somebody has the same question, yeah, and they haven't asked it, and so by you asking it, now all of a sudden we get to have a chat about it, which is great. So definitely join the group. It's going to be awesome. If you're not in there yet, you're going to love it. So, with that being said. We do have an episode, Matt. I think you brought this episode. Is this you? Yeah, this this one's me. This is good. This is good. I'll give we're gonna give you credit <laughs> for it. To scale or not to scale is what we're gonna talk about today because we watch people that get stuck. They get stuck in this place of like, where do I go from here? And what is the next step for me? Do we need to scale up? Do we need to hire more people? Do I need buyers agents? Do I need listing agents? Do I need assistants, transaction coordinators? marketing department, social media directors. What do we need? <laughs> All of these things. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. What is the next step? And we should give credit to the amazing agents that we get to talk to each and every day, because that's really where this topic comes from, because this comes up a lot in coaching when we're working with agents. And you know, a lot of people start with goals of like, I want to earn more money. I want to do this. And, and at some point, there is a question of like, well, do we scale the business to try to earn that much more? Because as much as we can create more time efficiency and we can be better with our time, at some point, Garrett, and it's going to be different in every market depending on average price points and stuff, at some point, it's like, well, we have to decide whether we're good running this business and we're going to then scale our personal income and wealth growth in other areas like investing in real estate, or we're going to invest, as, and I should say, or slash and because that first option should always be an option. Nah. <laughs> you know, or maybe we want to grow a bigger enterprise in this business. And like, hey, I do want to bring on somebody to support me so I can capture back more time. I do want to bring on somebody who can support the customers that are coming to this, this brand and this business that I've built so that we can serve more people. And every answer is right. It all depends on what you want to do. But here's the interesting thing, and this is where I think this is a great topic, is there is a large group of people out here that get stuck in the Oh, that is just the next step of my business. Like right. that is it they they watch the herd and they go, What's the herd doing? Oh, 
The herd says the next thing is I'm supposed to hire on people to do all this stuff. And that is if it fits the plan of where you want to go and what you're trying to achieve. But I think a lot of people are misaligned with what the next step is for them personally, what they want to grow, what they want to achieve. And then they just get into this, oh, I guess I'm at that place that I need to hire people and I need to bring all these moving parts in. And then they sit around and go, not everybody. I'm just telling you, if you're misaligned, you can sit back and go, this is miserable. <laughs> at the same point, at the other side, if it's an alignment with what you're trying to grow and where you're trying to, what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish, you can look at that and go, it's everything I ever dreamed of. Look at, look at this army of this machine that I have created that allows me to do all this stuff, allows me to help all these people, allows me to go and travel while the machine is running. Like, you gotta have a clear picture up front of what this thing is that you're growing. And this is what I'm excited about this to scale or not to scale, because you gotta have the right energy behind it, you gotta have the right clarity behind it. Otherwise, you can find yourself in a really interesting position going, like, This isn't what I wanted. Yeah. And that's exactly, and the re, and this came up because I was having a conversation with somebody, and they were like, "I don't, I really don't want to hire other people. Like, I'm I'm happy with where this is. Now I just have to figure out how do I maintain this without it degrading as well. Because we hear the, you know, you're either moving forward or backwards, and there are still ways to improve and continually enhance your business while just being an individual without the quote scale, which is such a buzzword, by the way. I, I. A lot of people use, oh, you got to scale. You got to do this because it's this buzzword that a lot of- That and side hustle. You got to have a oh. side hustle nowadays. By the way, that that one, that that's almost like realistic for me, just so you know. And I will say other coaching programs out there, and I don't mean just in real estate, they will promote scaling. Like you have to scale as a way to sell things. And they might be great at scaling, by the way. I'm not saying it's not, but but understanding whether it's you want to do it. And, he, and here's the starting point, I think. You have to make tough decisions with this either way. If you are at a point where you're feeling like, man, I'm doing so much, this business is driving me a little bit nuts. I'm working a lot of hours. I really don't want to hire people. Well, we have to make some tough decisions there and decide, okay, well, how do we want to operate our business? Who do we want to work with? And who are we going to refer to another person? On the other side, when you're scaling, you also have to make the tough decision of, I'm no longer going to do this activity now, Yep. right? And the hardest thing that real estate agents has, because all of us are, or while well, I say many of us are those, you know, go-getter, like I'm doing it right. I know how to do this. And it's better if I do it myself kind of personalities. I mean, we see it all the time. Like, well, I'm going to write my own listing descriptions because I know the listing best. And you might, but maybe you're not the best writer, right? And these are the tough decisions you make as you decide to scale. And I had this conversation with somebody else, Garrett, the other day, because I think the biggest decision you have to make, and this is if you if you really want to scale, meaning you're going to bring on team members and you're going to go, well, maybe I should back up for a second. I'm going to back up for a second. You're on a roll. Keep going. And I'm going to ask you a question, Garrett, because uh -oh. I think there's different levels of this. There's I'm an individual agent. And I think that an individual agent can still look at transaction coordinator and maybe an assistant if you need help so that you can scale your own personal time. And I, and I wouldn't call that like a team or like, I think people get lost in that. They're right. like, oh, I've started building a team. No, you, you have some support staff for you as an individual agent. Keep going. Which is awesome. And then you have like the next level, which I look is like Shelly Colbertson, who we had on, where 
she does have a team, her and her husband, and then she has a couple of buyer's agents that work for her, but she kind of cycles them through and she's like, that's as big as we're getting, right? And that's kind of like that small team experience. And then there is the beyond that, the where I'm doing a lot of business, bringing in so much stuff where I actually need dedicated people to start handling clients on their own, right? Where you know a client's going to come in and I'm going to introduce them to Garrett and Garrett's going to be the person that's taking care of them. And that is something that I find that freaks a lot of people out because they're like, but then it's not me doing it and they must have me, right? So, I mean, would you agree with those three or is, am I missing a kind of grouping in there? No, I, I think we can classify it as kind of that three up front. And you're right with the last one where they freak out because then it's then it's not me. And it's an interesting element that I think anybody who's in a growing business comes across at some point in time. And any business that scales up to a really scales up. I mean, I'm thinking of my my friend who owns a welding company here in town. If I were to have welding done on my property, Chad is not showing up. Chad is not going to be the one out there holding the torch, building my fence for me. You know, he, they're the ones who who did our fence here years ago. It's his team that he has come out, and he has to trust that they're going to do a good job. And when they don't do a good job, yeah, he does oversee it. He comes in and says, hey, we need to do this differently, change this up, fix this, make sure this is right for the customer. But he's not, I, I didn't see him once weld a darn piece of metal out there for the guy who owns a <laughs> welding company. But he is the person that I know is going to make sure it's done right. And I think that that's the element that that is also the interesting thing with scaling, Matt, is you watch the people that want to grow these bigger ones. They get almost too comfortable releasing it all. The ones that do lean down that way. Mm, Got to be careful there too. Yep. And then they're like, here, that's taken care of. That's taken care of. That's taken care of. And then people are like, well, that's interesting. Now, here I've asked... And I'm just going to say Chad, because he did a great job, who did my fence. Tig Tech Welding, by the way, anybody needs welding and reading, Tig Tech Welding is absolutely incredible. But what Chad could have done, which he didn't, is he could have just said, yeah, I'll have my team come over and we'll get that fence put in for you. And there could have been problems with it and other things that went wrong with it. And Chad was never to be seen from again. Yeah. And that would have been a problem. That's the piece that I would have said, I can't refer chad ever again and maybe the people that were on my property maybe they left trash maybe they did all of the kinds of stuff which they didn't do maybe they were disrespectful on my private maybe i had to listen to them swear all day long which is funny <laughs> i have no problem with swearing but when it's on my yard and i'm like really dude i'm like i'm sitting here relaxing in my house and i got what i don't know the 10th f-bomb i've heard in the last hour like there's a certain point at like that is his true that is his scaling up crew that if you're not overseeing them and if you're not making sure they're doing everything at the level that you want to have it done at, this can become a problem in real estate businesses. Well, I think there's even another level beyond that because there is, well, Chad, your friend who owns the welding company and it's big enough where, oh yeah, if you guys need it here, call the office and they'll get you scheduled. And that is that, oh man, a realtor's like, oh gosh, I'm like shaking. And that's probably at the point where maybe you're starting your own brokerage. But you don't have to either. And I think, so looking at this, the first decision you have to make, I would say, is do you want to have a high paying job that you still run like a business? Doesn't mean that you're not running your business like a business. You definitely are. Do you want to have a high paying job, which is what you can have as a real estate agent, which is fantastic, by the way, 
or do you want to run an actual business? And what I what I mean by that is like you're running the business, you're not running a portion of it. So when you think of it like a job, I'm a salesperson, I'm doing the tasks. When you're running the business, you're making ownership type of decisions, you're helping move personnel around, you're focused on making sure operations are running smoothly. And that's the first decision you have to make. Dentists make this decision, right? Oh, yeah. If you're starting a dentistry, it's like, I'm the dentist, which by the way, one of the hardest businesses to sell is a dentist business, a solo practitioner dentist, because like, I got this great business, I'm going to sell it. Problem is, you are the business. So if you're comfortable being the business, great. If you want to grow a business to run a business, that's different. So that's the first decision, Garrett. And that's going from an I to a we mentality whenever you're talking to people too. It's no longer they want me. No, they want we, right? And that's us. That's that's hard, right? So I think in this first step, Matt, and this is where I keep kind of going back to in my head is that this is a good thing to have to talk through with somebody about what you want to do next. I think it's very easy to sit at your desk by yourself going, what do I do? What do I do? Do I scale up? Do I bring in more people? Do I do more stuff? Do I stay on my own? And this is where I find like having a coach and I'm not just touting our coaching program. I'm saying getting yourself a coach, somebody that you can work with and say, this could even be a manager in your, your brokerage could be a manager that you look at as a coach or somebody that says, okay, here's where I'm at. I'm at this place that I feel like I need to make maybe a transition. I'm watching what the Smith team over here is doing. I'm watching what these guys are doing. There's this other one at this other office over here. I'm keeping an eye on them. And I'm wondering, is that what I need to do next? And Matt, I have found more often than not, the people that come to me that say, I feel like my next step is, is to build a team. The more we talk, the more you can hear them go, oh, thank God. Okay. I thought that was my next step. Maybe it's not my next step. I will tell you this. If you have a manager or a coach that they make the decision for you, yes, your next step is to build a team. Your next step is not to build a team, to stay solo. You need to go find yourself a different person to talk to. <laughs> yeah, you don't want somebody making the decisions. We control the process. You control the decisions, right? This is not a decision that anybody else gets to make for you. But what you do want is somebody that's going to sit with you and ask a lot of questions that you have to answer the tough ones. Things like, do you want to manage people? You know, Is that something that you see yourself as? Do you want to make sure that the quality is being kept up on all these areas over here? Are you okay with letting go of part of the process and tr putting the trust in others that they're going to provide at the same level as you, maybe better and maybe not as good? And be okay with that. Like you, you need to sit there and have that conversation with somebody so you can sit back and go, okay, I do feel like that is the route that I want to go. And I have very few, I shouldn't say very few. I've had a handful over the years that have made the decision that scaling up and building that big team is the right answer for them. I find a lot of people who are in real estate. Uh, figure out real quick that's like, you know what, I can make an insane living. I can have the life that I want to have. I can travel the way that I want to travel with a relationship style business. Now, I think if you have a business that's built around strangers, knocking on doors, open houses, buying leads, and we can keep to go down the list, expired listings, for sale of owners, 
If your business is primarily that direction, I think it's actually maybe a little bit easier to say, you know what, let's bring some people in. I'm going to have people handle that subdivision over there. I'm going to have people handle all the expired listings that are coming in. We are going to buy leads. I'm going to have my this group, this division over here, handle all those leads. If that's your vision, you might sit back and be like, yeah, let's scale this thing up. Watch the margins on that. <laughs> and that's the other side. And you got to, these are the questions like Matt, you just saying that, like, have you thought about the margins of what it takes to run that? And can you offset the cost going out to the income coming in? This is what you need to have a really good person that's willing to sit with you and ask questions because you're going to find the answer for yourself. And don't let anybody tell you that is your next step. If you want to be at the next level, you got to go this way. Yeah. Go find somebody else to talk to. Yeah. One, well, and I think um, the margins, the financials is the other, is the next decision you have to make. And are you comfortable with understanding that the margins are going to change as you move from, because we were like, man, this real estate business is such a great high margin business. And it's like, well, this is where it's a high paying job because if you want the highest margin business, get a W 2. You get to keep everything that comes in. There's literally no expenses for you. Everything that comes in, aside from taxes, you get to keep, right? And then as you go move into a 1099 sales position, it's like, wow. And yes, you can have a very high margin on paper business there. As you scale and bring people in, those margins might change, but everything's going to change. Hopefully, revenue is going to grow at a totally different rate. So you have to make those decisions. Am I comfortable with managing that side of things? And I want to touch on the um, trusting people for a moment here too, Garrett, because yeah. this happened to me in one of my first businesses. I ran a delivery business in college, and this was before iPhones and all those things, which, gosh, if I was around when that happened, man, that would have been a total... I may have not been here if, if that was the case. <laughs> but picture, picture Grubhub, if that still exists. Picture Uber Eats before Uber Eats existed, right? That's what we were. And we ran the whole business on a series of like walkie-talkie type phones. Remember Nextel? In college, right? Yeah. And so what we had set up was there was the number. We had a phone that was the main number for our business. And then either me or my business partner would be always on whenever we were open and we would dispatch our drivers. We hired college students. And then one of our um, employees was like, you literally like almost were Zuckerberg. Like you had a moment here where like... <laughs> It was profitable too. Keep going. So one of my employees said, just give me the phone. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, but you're out there driving. Like, I don't want you answering the phone while you're driving and everything. She's like, but every time you take a call, then you got to dispatch it to me. You're writing down an order and then you got to tell me the order and then I got to go make the order. And then it's just, it's, it's like, just give me the phone for one night and you're going to see. And I was like, it was the best decision I ever made. I trusted this person. And she was a good friend of mine too, which was great. They made good money, by the way. Not from us, from tips, because we paid them like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and I trusted her. And I'm like, but what if she doesn't answer the phone exactly the way that I want it to? And I was like, I realized, hey, with all the different employees, they would answer the phone differently. So we trained them. We had to bring them in and say, hey, we're going to train everybody on how we want the phone answered. But you're going to be the on-call person. When the phone rings, you answer it as a professional. You're going to take those orders. And we set up a backup system. So for some reason, there was a, many calls. One of us would get the next ring on the phone, right? Which this was complicated stuff. I was going to say, man, you were... Keep going. But <laughs> it freed up so much of our time. Like So now, picture a college student. We were open until 11 o'clock at night, every night. Uh, I think on Sundays, we closed at 10. 
And so now it's like, I just got some nights back because I didn't have to be sitting there answering the phone, taking orders because I had my employees who were already getting paid to be available doing that. I could see you at a party going like, oh, hold on. I got to take somebody's order real quick. That happened. Like walking out in the front yard and like dispatching and being like, okay, I'm going back in. That happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That was, that was part. It took some orders in person actually at parties before too. That's awesome. That is so (laughs) cool. Just call up my driver. Hey, by the way, we need some of the, (laughs) did I, did I hear that you're hungry? (laughs) So trusting though, having that trust and knowing that, in my mind, I was like, nobody's going to be able to answer the phone and take these orders as good as I can. And I was like, well, I could just train my person. One of my employees was better at it than me. And I didn't notice that until I let her do it. That is the coolest thing. And that was the coolest thing. I have found in growing a company is when you find somebody who's better than you at it. And it's so funny. Our egos are so big sometimes that we won't let the reins down far enough to find out if there's somebody better than us at it. And all of a sudden you hear him do it. And you're like, that was brilliant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can you train the others? Like, wait, hold on. Like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Those moments are like, I, they're just gifts from the heavens. It's amazing. And I think it also opens your vision. If you're doing this on a real estate perspective, like, oh gosh, like, there is more opportunity that I can provide the people that work for me too. Like it's not just a static thing because a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to hire an assistant and they're kind of just not going to want to grow because there's no growth. Oh, there's growth if you open that opportunity. So that's another decision you have to make. Do you want to offer growth opportunities? But in terms of relinquishing control, this is how I've been talking to agents about it recently because this is another decision you have to make. Are you going to relinquish client communication Mm. when it gets really scaled up, when you're like, hey, I got five buyers that need to be handled this weekend. I need to start probably just passing some of this stuff off. Can I handle all this? And this is a big decision. And so I look at it like a restaurant owner. If you have an owner who owns their first restaurant, right, they're going to be there as the maitre d', welcoming everybody that comes in, walking around to every table. Hey, thanks so much for coming and all that stuff, right? Restaurant, hugely successful. Everybody likes going there because they get to talk to Garrett when they go and be like, man, I love going to Garrett's restaurant. I get to talk to him. I sit at the bar. He comes by. We have a chat. Now Garrett wants to open up location number two. Guess what? Garrett's not going to be hanging out at location number one anymore, right? You'll come back from time to time, but now we're hiring a maitre d' for location one and probably for location number two as well, because Garrett's no longer in the business of seating people as they come into the restaurant. Yep. And as a real estate agent, you have to decide, am I willing to give up some of that stuff? So if somebody inquires into the business, are they inquiring directly to me? How do I set up the handoff to say, hey, Garrett, thanks so much for reaching out. We We would love to help you explore listing of your home. John is going to reach out to you and set up a time to come over and talk to you about that. Does that sound good for you? Right. John calls pre-listing interview. Like you have your people trained to do everything the ninja way and the customer is going to have a great experience. They're going to walk away and be like, man, Garrett's team's amazing. Right. Well, and that, you know, restaurants are a great example, Matt, because I, and again, it works very much alignment with, with real estate. And I, I'm thinking of our favorite restaurant we have over here. And it was interesting is this restaurant's been here for a long time. I'm going to continue name dropping in, in uh, Reading, but uh, Moonstone, which I've talked about before, an amazing restaurant here in town, one of our favorites. 
And the owners were always good. It was always fun. The husband and wife that owned it, he was a chef. She kind of ran the backside of the business. And they're always there when you walked in. And it was good. Interesting is when they hired the, the maitre d' or the manager that's now on duty, gentleman named Kurt. When Kurt's on and they're not here, that restaurant like all of a sudden comes to a different life. He brings a different energy into it. Like he all of a sudden like... It just makes you want to be there. And it's like, okay, is it fun having the owners there? Yes. There's a lot of times that's why we went there. But all of a sudden, this just cranks it up to a different level. And I think that, you know, as you said, finding people that maybe do it better than you is a huge piece. And then knowing that someone's going to take care of your people and trust that they're going to take care of your people is a huge part. And a lot of realtors, I think, go into this when they're they're trying to scale. and they don't have that confidence in that person and maybe they do get burned. And I've seen people get massively burned where they get handed off to somebody. And sometimes you're going to have somebody who you think is great and they make a mistake just like you would make a mistake and maybe they don't handle it the same way and you're going to hear about it. You're now the owner. You're going to hear about those things and how do you handle that and are you prepared to handle that is a part of that part of scaling. And this is the other part of scaling, I was going to say, is that you got to also then be on the person that comes in to fix the problems when the problems happen. Because at the end of the day, your name is on the entire thing. Like You are the one overseeing all of this, making sure it's done right. And yes, you do need to have talks with your people of saying, look, are we moving forward with you or can you fix this stuff? And uh, it's interesting as we've grown the coaching program, I've found more often than not where a situation has come up that I'm like, I could easily go move along. This has been great. That was a major mess up. Move along. So quickly, you can fix that problem by taking that time as the owner and sitting down and trying to figure out, okay, why did this problem exist? Where did it come up? Was it a lack of training on my part? Is it a lack of understanding on your part? Do you have the ability of doing this different and after having a long conversation with somebody, I find, and this is part of what I've learned in business, most people want to do a good job. Yeah. Most people want to perform at a high level. They want people to say, it was awesome working with you. And if you teach them and you show them and you give them some direction, most people will rise to the occasion. And I think you need to have that mindset as you go and you want to scale up and you want to build is... Am I giving these people the freedom to be the best they can possibly be? Am I giving them the tools to be the best they can possibly be? And if you have set the stage, oh my gosh, it's so fun to watch people just go and like run. And, th and this is all about, again, scaling up because very easily it could just be me doing coaching. Yeah. Back what we did 15 years ago. A high paying job, right? And And that's a really good point you bring up too about People make mistakes to using those as learning experiences to make them better. And, you know, now moving back to the other end of the spectrum here, because a lot of people are thinking, well, if I want to earn more money, if my goal is to earn more money, do I have to scale? And I would say the answer is no. I agree. And it is dependent on your market area. Like if your average sale price is between two and 300,000, and you're like, hey, I'm going to go and do a 200 million year. Okay, we we might need to scale. Um, <laughs> we might need to to look at bringing on people. But if you're and and we know we coach some agents in luxury areas, like they have high price point clients, probably don't need to scale, 
right? To hit a higher uh, volume number. But here's the thing too, there's little things that you can do within, and there's countless examples that they share in the installation of agents who've done this that are not in high price areas. We work with agents that are doing 100 deals a year by themselves, not even an assistant. Now, maybe some support staff at the office, but it's possible to do these things. And so it doesn't mean that you have to go that way of being an individual who can absolutely crush it before you scale and want to be a, a business owner. because there are different skill sets. Yep. And you can look and say, hey, you know what? I'm not the kind of person that's going to be great at running 100 transactions by myself, but I can run 20 transactions and manage a team that's doing 100 transactions. Cool. Great. Let's lean into that. You just have to separate the financial from it, from what is your skill set and what do you want? Because you can make a lot of money going either way. It's just how do you run yourself, your calendar, you know, what stage of life are you in? How are you hiring out your third party people like transaction coordinators, maybe a virtual assistant to help out with some marketing stuff in the background, or just using other companies to do things right for you? And you got to write all this stuff down, Garrett. I think I think the the first part of this is write everything down. What are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? You got to do like a Benjamin Franklin. Like you got yeah. to do the pros and cons of both sides. What's the pros and cons of me staying as a single agent by myself, not having all the moving parts? What is the pros and cons of bringing in a transaction coordinator and, and, a, and a, you know having an assistant? Okay, let's look at that. Let's map that one out. Let's look at the pros and cons of having buyer's agents and listing agents and maybe scaling up to that that piece there. You know, we mentioned three. There's probably about five or six different levels you could. What if it's just buyer's agents and you're the listing agent on all the stuff? You know, there's all these different levels, and you're going to get to see for yourself because it's different for everybody. What are those pros and cons about each piece? But Matt, I 100% agree. Write it all down, get it all put into one place. You can sit down and then have a person, as I was saying, that you can talk to. Not just you. Sit down with somebody that you trust and say, look, I'm looking at this from 10 different angles and I need someone who's going to ask me good questions to help me see if I can figure out what the right way is for me to go. Yeah, because it's it's a tough question. And so if you saw the title of this podcast and you're like, man, this is great. I'm going to get the answer on what I can do now. Congratulations. I'm sorry that we didn't give you the answer. <laughs> but not a decision we can make. I hope we gave you some things to think about. And and Garrett, I do want to give a shout out to the JR group in Clarksville, John Montgomery and Robert Roof, because I think they're a good example. They got into this business and knew immediately like their skill set, these are two military guys, is leadership and operations. Yep. So they realized we're going to hire a transaction coordinator right off the bat. And everybody said, why are you doing that? You need to learn all that stuff and everything is like, no, we're hiring somebody right off the bat. And it has helped them scale in the way that they've wanted to. And they've got agents working underneath them and everything. And they love managing the team. And by the way, it's funny. I had a conversation with John the other day. He's like, my personal income, he's like, isn't all of a sudden like going crazy because we have a team. It's not. He's like, I've realized actually I could probably make more money if I just handle this business by myself. He's like, but I went fishing last Friday, right? I was able to still check in with my team in the morning and go have a day fishing with my dad. He's like, which was incredible. And so that's another thing to write down on your Benjamin Franklin here is also the pros and cons of the lifestyle associated with it. Because there's cons too. Because there's, hey, Saturday, he could get a call being like, hey, your agent over here is not you know, doing a good job. And he's like, oh, now I have to deal with that. 
So I think this is again, there is no clear cut one way because Matt, you brought up and I and I we can kind of put a bow on this thing here in just a second. But when I look at like you talked about profitability, I know a lot of people that have had a really profitable solo business. I'm talking like six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars a year. And all of a sudden they're like, I've got to scale up. That's my next thing. And they start bringing in all these moving parts. Their business actually gets hurt because their personal business, because now they're not as attentive to it. They're trying to build this team, trying to build these people, which maybe there is a long-term win-in where it all kind of takes off again. Sometimes there's not though. I've watched people that have like, they'll bring these people in. They're not giving either one of them really good attention. So they have this high turnover of people. And then they're kind of going back on, maybe I should just focus on my business again. And they start building their business back up. And it's this constant back and forth. And it's just this like, oh my gosh, you need to pick a path here of what you're going to do. And it's not necessarily more profitable at the end of the year. And you don't get more time if it's not done right. And I think this is the thing is this is going into it eyes wide open. What are you trying to accomplish? What are your goals? And it can be more profitable. It can also be less profitable with more time. It can be less profitable with less time. Like all these things can happen. You got to understand what you're trying to grow and what you're trying to build. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So to scale or not to scale? That is the question, Matt. That is the question. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Ninja Selling Podcast. We so appreciate you guys listening, sharing the podcast, introducing it to new people. If you have not yet joined our Facebook group, head over to Facebook and search for the Ninja Selling Podcast. Please answer the questions when you request to join. Uh, because if you don't answer the questions and you're sitting out there for a little bit, we do decline only because we just want to make sure that everybody wants to be there and they know what group it is. We've had some people join the group who had other intentions, let's just say, when we were just kind of letting people in. Trying to hijack the group. Yeah. So we just want to be careful about that. So answer the questions, please. And if you want to learn more about Ninja, if this is your first exposure to Ninja selling, there's a whole system behind this. What we talked about today really wasn't much about what is in the Ninja selling system. So go buy the book written by Larry Kendall, head over to ninjaselling.com and learn more about the trainings and the coaching on how you can learn more and embed Ninja into your business and into your life. So thank you, Garrett. Appreciate you going down this path with me today. And yeah, man, thank you. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate everybody out there. Thank you so much for tuning in, sharing your morning with us, and we will be back soon. We will. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day. <laughs>